0: earthling reporting live from a spy balloon flying over montana this is the midlife surfer podcast how are you midlife surfer podcast listener my name is jeff you know i'm a small to i'd say medium chest high sometimes head high wave lover i'm a craigslist scroller always looking at craigslist boards top searches are juno I look at, it. I always like to see what lost, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I don't really buy lost boards, but I like to see what lost shapes are up there. I always look for fish. I'm kind of curious. Email me or IG me, Midlife Surfer Podcast. What are your top reflexive Craigslist searches? I've wasted years of my life scrolling Craigslist when I shouldn't be. But anyway, you're here, I'm here. I got a nice podcast lined up for you, Michelle Juneau the legendary shaper, the legend, Michelle, he's picking up shop in uh, Santa Cruz. He's moving to uh, Hermosa beach. And, uh, he actually texted me and asked to come on the podcast, which is, which is a rarity. And it's flattering because, um, I don't know, I just respect Michelle so much. He shaped my first board. It's the first shaper I really uh, got to know. And I'm, I'm uh, happy to call him a friend. And, uh, that is this forthcoming, uh, interview and uh, I'm certain you'll enjoy it. Surf Vival. Did you register and play? I was out after week one. I think it was something like 46% of participants chose Kelly Slater at pipe of all places to make it past the round of 32. He did not. And I'm out 20 bucks down the toilet. But I think there 's a loser 's bracket that a uh, survival is going to uh, have for people like me and forty six percent of the field, so anyway, I plan on uh, hopping back in that game if it 's made available we got a nice uh, before I get into this interview got a nice email from Shabby loyal listener Shabby. He said he loved the Wu Tang and Pixie shout outs on the previous podcast, The Pixies and the Wu. He says, uh, I have great taste in 90s music. That is all the taste I have is 90s music. I'm, uh, I'm locked in the 90s. I'm wearing cargo pants right now, along with some Air Jordans and a bright yellow Hurley t-shirt with a spiky frosted tips and silver Arne, Arnette, whatever you want to say, sunglasses. He says he played guitar in a number of cover bands In high school and college Pixies were always high on repeat He saw Black Francis, that's Frank Black by the way Founder of the Pixies In Providence, Rhode Island on a fateful night in 96 At Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel He says that's a dodgy nightclub That he doesn't think exists anymore By the way, my first concert was Beck During the Odelay tour At the Rainbow Ballroom I think I was 14 years old My parents dropped me and my buddy off I was kind of nervous You know, you're always nervous at your first show as a kid You know, your parents leave you behind in downtown Fresno Standing in line How does this work? We wait in line, then we go in Okay Anyway, uh, Shabby got trampled in a mosh pit by a stage diver And graduated from college on crutches With pins in his foot That is a legendary Pixie story Or Black Francis story Fully recovered now Just the cool scars and memories left behind Those are cool scars And that's a cool memory And I appreciate you sharing that With Midlife Surfer Nation Hey, Midlife Surfer is the podcast. Uh if you want to donate, don't donate to me. Find some place to donate to Flood Relief in Santa Cruz. Just Google Santa Cruz Flood Relief, Capitola Flood Relief, Watsonville Flood Relief. Uh, the website I've been giving escapes me off the top of my head. But uh if you Google that, you will find um you will find a source. Or if you want to just go to midlifesurfer.com and donate to the show every cent we get. I'm not sharing it with Adam anymore. He's just producing this for free. I will donate toward uh, any flood relief and damage relief from all the all the heavy damn rains that occurred early 2023. Surfboards by Michelle Junod. And how do you spell his name? M-I-C-H-E-L-J-U-N-O-D.com. Surfboards by Michelle Junod.com check out his shapes beautiful longboard shaper he makes a pretty fish he makes pretty mid-lengths he makes user-friendly boards he's put a lot of smiles on the faces of surfers for i don't know three four decades anyway let's get to this interview let's see you just got into town a couple weeks ago
1: yeah i got in on a tuesday and finally the next you know finally stopped raining on tuesday so it was two weeks of rain kind of crazy have
0: you surfed at all
1: I have not. Yeah. I, I've been so busy and I wasn't ready to go out and get cold and crap yep. with the bad weather and the bad water. Yeah. It looks like I was in Pleasure Point this morning running some errands with some friends who live there and it uh, the water had cleared up.
0: Yeah. It looks like It's you know? kind of icy. I have a, my 5'4 packed in my car. I'm going to go oh, surf wow. somewhere.
1: Yeah. I've yeah, been yeah.
0: shivering all day. It's sunny, it, but it's cold.
1: Yeah. Yesterday was cold too and you're this metal building. Um <laughs> Yesterday the lane I just saw a picture of yeah, it, looked really good. It did. It looked it's really um, offshore and clean, you know. Mm. So there's a big sandbar indicator that's going down and the waves are peeling, you know. I might so. just
0: drive a couple blocks and just uh yeah, go give, my co- like give it a give it a go right it's there. It's smaller
1: today, but you that's know. That's
0: fine. You'll get some waves. I brought my big old 80 egg. Okay, so I can take oh, allcomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Very good. So
0: um I'm flattered. You contacted me to be on this podcast, and thank you. I appreciate that. You're my favorite guest to have on. Oh, thank you. So, uh, we'll get into it. What, what is it that you'd like to talk about on the pod today?
1: Well, I think kind of updated what I talked last time. I can't remember in detail, but, you know, things have changed since then. It's probably been a year, yeah. maybe more. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. And at this age of 74, things kind of go. I can remember them kind of in sequence, but how right. <laughs> far away they were back. I don't know, um, but you know we're in a recession. The media doesn't want to talk about it, but you know inflation's bad. People are not spending money on toys, and mm. basically that's what I do. I make toys for big boys yeah. and girls, and so um, my overhead here in Santa Cruz is a bit pricey. If I'm making a lot of boards, it's just part of doing business. But if I'm, you know, if I'm in the red, that's no good. Right. So. Um, I've actually moved my operation. I'm in the process now. Probably in two, three days, I'll be leaving, driving down south um, to a glass shop in Hermosa Beach. Huh. A guy named John Mangielli and okay. his dad, Steve, um, was an original glasser for Rick Surfboards back in the '60s. So we're the same age and been doing this at the same time. Right. I had great talks with him one day over there. But they have a good quality shop good quality workers and so i already did a batch of boards through there last year and just see what they're like yeah and so i have a free shaping room to use there you go and my blanks 51 of them i just shipped back after the u.s blanks guy dropped off a load of blanks he took 51 of mine all the way down to the kkl machine in in vista san diego so those are there and now so everything's being run out of southern california and it's actually easier because there's more um, more shops down there, so there's always deliveries being made and all this stuff. They only right. come every three weeks up here, right. so you can get boards done quicker. And I think all the shops are down maybe 50%. That's what I've been hearing. Is that right? So therefore, everybody's looking for work. and Yeah. yeah. And the overhead is going to be nothing. I stay with my sister, and he just lets me use his shaping room, so that cuts out all that yeah and so even though i'm going to be away from santa cruz i'll still have i'm sure i'll still have customers and when a six or seven boards eight boards builds up i'll drive them up and deliver them to people
0: yeah so you'll, so, you'll do the driving and delivering up here yeah if
1: i've cruz. got enough boards in, the, in there you know it might take right. a little longer than it did before but people are used to waiting a couple months for a board how so. long have you been shaping in santa cruz well, I, I moved here in 1970 from Southern California, and I, I started in 66. So in 70 was really my first uh, go at working uh, with our own glass shop. Right. So I had a glass shop here in Santa Cruz that we set up over on Thompson Avenue. And John Mel was there, and Rainbow Fin's were there, and mm. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so I started that in, like I said, 71. I I was working for Jim and Tom Overland. They were Southern California board builders. They moved up here about a year before that and uh, I had known them from Southern California and so started working with them probably for six or eight months and then me and this other guy, Chuck Strelitz, went and started our own business, Westcliff Surfboards. So I was here four years then moved to the North Shore from 74 to 78. 78 moved to Kauai and we go and there's all kinds of stories there of going all over the place to Chile and stuff so we got back here in uh, the fall of 1990 yeah and I've been here ever since so that's almost 33 years crazy
0: so you won't be a fixture in Santa Cruz I know you moved to Prescott full time and you've been coming out here and working and going back and forth so you already have if not one foot out the door one and a half feet out the door <laughs> in terms of Santa Cruz but uh, yeah well how does it make you feel to you know pull up all your roots in Santa Cruz
1: it's you know it's mixed emotions it's kind of sad and people going well this is this is like icon- what this you know saying all kinds of stuff about whoa how do you feel about that and it's it's kind of bittersweet you yeah. know I like it around here yeah you know I have really good friends here my daughter's here yeah um, this place works out really well for me yeah, um, but I'm kind of excited about a new direction. I grew up in Southern California. It's obviously changed in the last fifty years. So, uh, as everybody knows, you got to know when to drive and where to drive. Right. But um, in the summertime, the water's still warm, which is nice. And um, I love surfing Malibu and Rincon. And, right.
0: Talk uh, about some solid longboard waves. Though.
1: Yeah, or shortboard waves in the top. <laughs> True. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's there's um, surf down there and my sister lives there so that works out really well. So it seems wherever I go I got family. So yeah. that's that's really good. And I have some dear friends down there that I that I've built boards for for years. People even I knew here and moved down there and so right. that's going to be fun.
0: Right. So you're returning, you know, back to your homeland sounds like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, I think I can continually build boards for my customers here. Yep. I have a bunch of guys that are looking through my records of guys i made boards for in the last couple of years. I'm going to call them all up go, hey, you know, now it's really easy to get a board and write down here. Killer. And uh, do that and tell your friends and yeah, that kind of a thing. So
0: I see. I mean, you, your boards are... I always look at Craigslist by, you know, just habit. You know, I'm always scrolling. I always type in Junode. I have a couple searches, you know, and I see what's local here. And then sometimes I'll shoot down to Santa Barbara, Craigslist, or Los Angeles, or Orange County. And there's always some Junode boards that pop up there. Oh, so hey. your boards are heavily distributed up and down the western seaboard, it looks like Yeah,
1: they, they do get down there. Um, I have just one shop right now, the guys at, uh called the Marshall Brothers. <laughs> yeah. And they've got a little shop in Malibu. So I'm going to see them on the way down and see how that goes. Cool. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I think I'll either you know get up early early in the morning and beat the traffic and work early and then you know drive back. Even though it's eight or ten miles from Santa Monica to Hermosa Beach, it can take an hour if yeah. it's bad traffic. Yeah. 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 So. So I, you have a lot uh, of moving. And when's your last day here? I think um, Monday. I'm going to take try Tuesday. So what, three days from yeah. now, three or four days from now. So I've still got some packing going upstairs. Yeah. I'm I'm going to clean most of the stuff out of here. I'm already starting to move things around. Yeah. Um, but you know I will be coming coming back now and then. And John's being, uh, John Henderson's being really mellow with this whole thing. So it's
0: John Henderson Stripes. Yeah, Strive
1: support. Yeah. So um, most of these racks are going to be empty. Yeah, Um, because I'm already moving stuff out trying to sell boards and get rid of boards and stuff so my last shape board was a a 7-0 star tail single fin um, for this guy this interesting name Arnov who's going to spend a year on the road because he he's got he works with a small team of guys online with a business, so he's going to start off in Hawaii and just start traveling around the world. Get out of as here. As long as he gets up at the right time of day or night, that's yeah. where he is, he can do his work. Yeah. So, yeah, he's making a, a single fin he's going to take with him. To Wait, ride uh,
0: him over to the islands.
1: Over the islands, and he, he doesn't know where he's going yet. I started talking to him about the whole thing. Well, you want to go to the swell time, whatever, wherever you're right. going to go in the world. You don't want to go to a flat time. Right. You want to go when it's happening, so he wants to go to Portugal and... And I'm sure you'll end up in Indonesia and different places. So, Have you surfed yeah. Portugal? I have not. I've surfed France. Yeah. Um,
0: where, where in France did you surf? Is there any um, the notable wave? That- Biarritz. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was there. This was 78, so this is a long time ago. That was single fin days, actually. And I worked for a guy named Michel Barnall, who had the Clark Foam... Um, franchise, So he blew his own foam there. They would ship him the chemicals. And, Got it. And so uh, it was a really neat little place. And there was a, uh, an Aussie guy who was there working. Two Aussie guys were working there, and then he had a crew of French guys. And um, that was still, you know, not a whole lot going off in the surfing world in the 70s. I mean, it hadn't gone. It was just about to go. Professional, I guess seventy-seven might have been the first world championship. I forget mm. when Peter Townsend. And so, um, yeah, so things weren't like they are now as far as the popularity of surfing. Right. So it was kind of cool. So you know, it was just beach breaks and a couple reefs there. But I go, I was there midsummer, and it's really best in September, October, okay. November.
0: I watched the WSL tour and I know they <laughs> occasionally will stop at Hossegor. Hossegor, yeah. That looks like a heavy yeah. beach break. Yeah,
1: it is. I, I never surfed there. It was yeah. up north a bit. Um I just bought a bought a little Renault, Renault little car and drove it around yeah. and uh, it was $50 car and it was I didn't even register. and I just drove it around. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it was I guess, you know, Europe's known for its its kind of legalistic approach to everything, yeah. you know. You gotta if you're in if you're in France you gotta go to Paris to do anything. Yeah. There's no there's no that's the bureaucracy. Yeah. So, you know, I just bought this car from somebody and then just sold it again for I don't know how it was fifty bucks. It was it was fun. So I had fun, yeah. So um, I still get that adventuresome spirit. You yeah.
0: Oh, me. I mean, you could you could fill a book, I imagine, with
1: surf stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's crazy stuff. What's so. your
0: when you look back on your, <laughs> well, maybe shaping and or surfing career or both? Like, what's the um, I don't know. What do you look most fondly on? Is there an era in your life in terms of you know surfing wise that you look very fondly on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Wow. That's a good question. Never that asked before. Um. I, you know, it was cool. I moved here, like I said, in seventy, seventy-one, and it there was hardly anybody surfing, and that was kind of crazy. You yeah. Know? And and so you, looking back historically, you know, you never know what it's going to be in the future. And Not right. You know, it was it was big in the '60s when I started in '62 because it was surf music and the Beach yeah. Boys and it Gidget. was this Gidget and this whole thing, and so. Most people were just riding beach breaks or Malibu, or whatever, but no one was riding crazy reefs and stuff like they ride now. So everybody was at those certain breaks, and yeah, it was you could go in Orange County, San Diego County, and just as far as your eye could see, there's people surfing, you know. And then when probably mentioned this before, when shortboards came in, they came in so quick that I would exp- I estimate probably. 80% of the surfing population quit mm. because they didn't transition to the shortboards. And the longboards were kind of frowned upon. There wasn't like, hey, get out of the water. It just, all of a sudden there were shortboards and it changed. And then it took quite a while for it to grow. So when I went to the North Shore in 74 through 78, it wasn't crowded. I mean, there was days when there were people out. Right. But it's not like you look at Pipeline now and there's guys this close to each other. It just, it's, it's just it's so just insane. Dangerous. It's super same at Waimea. Yeah. Yeah, same same Sunset's not like that cuz it's a big playing field, you know. Mm. But but still those were special years and then when I, I, I moved imagine. to Kauai it was even less people there. Yeah. So probably those times when the surf was good uh, the the surf equipment wasn't as good as it is today, yeah. but at, at the same time, you know, we were having a great time. Did you have a leash when you were surfing the North Shore in the seventies? Uh, right towards the end. Okay. Yeah, right towards. The, I mean, I they had them in Santa Cruz, of course. That that happened in nineteen seventy seventy one. Jack is the inventor of the leash, or the credited no. with the invention. No, not at all. Uh, okay. Th- there's. I know the O'Neill family kind of pushed that. That's sure. my opinion. Um, the West Side guys, yeah. Steamer Lane, were the guys who invented it. So the leash was invented at Steamer Lane, as far as we know. Yeah. So there was a guy. Um, <laughs> shoot, I can't remember his name, but he he went to the um, what's the junior high school here over. Um, I forget, it's, <laughs> it's 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 just back on, on High Street. Okay. Anyways, he... Lakes, lakeside? No, no, no. no it's... Um, All right. Anyways, can't remember. It's fine. Anyways, he was a knee boarder, and he was the first guy that did the suction cup thing on his wrist. Right. And then stuck it with the, you know the suction cup, I mean, suction cup on the board, the thing around his wrist, and he was a knee boarder, so, you know, he could just, if he fell off, the thing would come back. <laughs> and then... You know, P- P- his—I guess he and his dad—started building these things, and then Pat O'Neill had one, Got and it. I had. Everybody had them. We thought, well, what's this? You know, it was a suction cup. Suction cup on the nose, surgical tubing. The it's, right, you know, snapping it'll snap, snap right back yeah, at you. Yeah. It's almost like that game where you play with the ball, and yep. the paddle will pop, pop, Yeah, put. yeah, and you it attach to your wrist. Yeah, and see, that was because he was a kneeboarder. Right. Because he wasn't standing. Sure. So I see the functionality yeah. there, but it was counterproductive for Especially surfers for to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, a little bit for paddling, but just this thing, you know, yeah. was, was there. restrictive. And then that only lasted a few months, and then we were <clears throat> experimenting with bungee cords, and we were drilling through the the fin on the bottom and then after a number of times it was pulling the crack in the fin pulling it off and i i'm the first guy i think that put a a glass loop on the back i just put a piece of fin scrap drilled the hole through it and laid it up on the and then put the thing through that way and pretty much that's that worked fine so getting back to your question about the north shore when I went there in 74, the only place I think I rode one was Rocky Point because uh-huh. it was rocky. But not many people were wearing them, but nobody was riding But at Pipeline, nobody at Sunset, you know. Yeah. Um, and so Bill's building boards without leash cups or anything. Boy, that sounds, I mean, that sounds dangerous. Um, or is
0: it safer when you're not attached to that flotation device well, when you tossed it, at Pipeline? It
1: was more dangerous at Sunset. If you go back and watch the 70s films, What's happening on a strong offshore wind day, somebody will fall off and the board will get caught in, in the wind and it'll just fly up like that and go like 20, 30, forty right. yards in the air right And so um, you know you're looking around for boards right. that are going around, so that that's more that's safer. people uh, you know you grew up as a kid going, if you want to surf and be a good surfer, you have to hold on to your board. yeah and one of the things that was really interesting. Is that if you fell off at the end of your wave or you know whatever you didn't have a good quote dismount or a good kick out, right. that that was you know that was bush league that right. was, that wasn't yeah. good. So so the style was important, surfing well was important, but the whole thing was completing your ride. Yeah. and um, yeah, it, it was the natural thing is that at the end of your ride you grabbed your board you kicked it out right. and. There was this um, there's thing called a standing island pullout, and the standing island pullout is you're on the nose, kay. and you push it back through the back of the wave, and then you just hold on to it and go. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, th- we we had all the moves down so that we look cool surfing, yeah. and at the same time we weren't swimming for our boards. Yeah. And as a kid, you know, there was no wetsuits, so.
0: Well, I surfed in uh, Baja last summer, surfing with a guy, uh, a buddy named Bucky, who was on the pod and uh, really good surfer, but he was kind enough to just take lots of photos. And hey. uh, he had some good advice, you know? And one of them was like, you gotta manage that board with integrity when you finish your ride, you know? Like, crouch <laughs> down, grab that thing, you know, no jumping off or Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I agree, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm, I do this competently, but I do notice good surfers and I strive to either straighten out and just ride in the yep. whitewash or kick out. But you could just kinda judge the quality of a surfer by how they f- yeah. finish the wave.
1: And I don't have a leash on my log. I'm a nose rider. And so I have to be aware, you know, all the time, other people, all this stuff. Because I don't want my board hitting somebody. When
0: I ride your run, I go leashless for the most part. um, And it does. It irons out your style. And it really um, just makes you surf really, well, I guess for lack of a better term, conservatively. Which is probably a good thing because you're not trying to do too much. You're finding yourself in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's the most important thing for me surfing without a leash and being in crowds is that and I'm not bragging to saying my my nose riders my logs really turn well because mm. if you can't turn and you're just yeah. gonna keep running people over yeah so I have to be watching the whole time what people are doing yeah. and you know and and you know try to go around him and keep riding the wave and other times you got to just kind of you know cut back and hold on to your board and go uh yeah. you know when boards are flying yeah yeah but um, yeah it it's it's something in my blood because I did no leashes until 1970, well, 71. What kind
0: of boards were you surfing at North Shore, like dimensions wise? What are you looking for in a board? What were you surfing back then?
1: Well, I had everything from a six. I think I had a six two, or I forget, maybe yeah. six two. And then I had, you know a seven zero and a 7.6 and an 8 footer and then I had an 8.6 for Waimea so I had all these different size boards for different waves right like that board right there's a mm, 7.10 that's, that's a sunset. beautiful picture yeah My God. and that's you know kind of the wide point up with the narrow nose um, that one I Boy, think is a 6.6 at Rocky Point the middle one there yeah um, there's a picture of me at the lane that's probably a 6.10 oh, yeah. or something I yeah. don't know so we didn't ride super short boards until, you know, the fishes and stuff came in. In Santa Cruz, you kind of had, I had like two boards. Yeah. You know, one big wave board and then a board for everything else. Yeah. And because the boards were thick, you could catch big waves on pretty small boards. Right.
0: Um, narrow. Were boards narrow yeah, for pipe? Yeah, 19 inches wide. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they were even yeah. 19 inches for surfing in Santa Cruz. Um, when short boards first came in, there were some Hawaiians who went like 17, 18 inches like these water skis, you yeah. know, and I found those a little extreme um, where guys in California, especially down south, the Rincon type, the Malibu type, the Clean Waves, they were going for little eggier style boards, right. wider boards, those right. Those littles and those kind of things. I didn't like those. They, they. I like to ride bigger surf and be able to really turn hard and those things were just too much volume and too right. much surface area. Right. So they were good in four to five foot perfect waves mm-hmm. in Santa Barbara, you know, it's glassy like here mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but yeah, I just, I pretty much probably had more boards on the North Shore that I used all the time, yeah. the Quiver, than anywhere else because yeah. it went from, you know, I even had a, <laughs> this is a funny story so in this was 70 probably 75 and i had met this guy named terrible ted i forget <laughs> ted's last name okay. but he was the other lifeguard with butch van arstalen at aokai beach park which was pipeline and i was down to i lived um i lived in different places but the the glass shop and the shaping room i had was the first house next to Aokai Beach Park and a whole bunch of guys from here lived there and it was really a cool place. Mm. And so we would sit on this bench in the backyard and just watch people walk down and go sort of pipeline, you know, when we were working or doing something else. But, um, what was that point I was talking about? Oh, the boards? Yeah. Yeah, so he, oh yeah, so Terrible Ted had a really nice Lance Carson model underneath the Lifeguard tower. Okay. And I go, wow, look at that. He goes, yeah, you know. And he was from the East Coast, he was a lifeguard and everything, but didn't surf until he came to Hawaii and he had tons of balls. He would just go off, and, and, but he just would get killed sometimes. Yeah. And so um, I said, hey, can I borrow that and make a template? So I borrowed it, yeah. made a template, and uh, Clark Foam at the time had one longboard blank. So I had to ship it over and I shaped the longboard as I knew how to do it from the 60s. And <laughs> There was only one other guy. I forget his name now. He would surf pipeline on a on a longboard. Yeah. Yeah. He was a local guy, and and so I was surfing small days at Iokai Iokai Beach Park was two to three feet. Chun is a great longboard wave. Yeah. And so this was seventy five. Two to three 76. feet Hawaiian. Yeah. So two. Well, to two to three, fe- well, two to three. Well, two to three feet California. Okay. So yeah, if if, if it was head high, I wouldn't be, I'd be riding a shortboard. <laughs> But Cammie Land, Sunset yeah. Point. Um, I didn't do it at Rocky Point because it it's rocky. Yeah. And then Aokai Beach Park has fun little beach break sometime. And then we went to Chun's. And, but well, no, most of those days were small, so nobody was surfing. Yeah, Is Yeah, right. Just surf. Yeah, just no. nobody had a longboard. Yeah. So then one of my friends you know, borrowed mine. I made him one. I made three or four of them. And then oh. I moved to Kauai in 78. And then it just, I guess in the 80s, it started gaining notoriety longboarding again what
0: um drew you to become a longboarder versus a shortboarder, competitively or just
1: well when i when i grew up it was just surfing yeah so boards were in the nine to ten foot range so nobody ever said long or short it was just a surfboard right and i actually was so small as a kid i was always the shortest or with the three or four shortest kids in the class. Yeah. And my first longboard was a Jacobs. It was $100, $4 tax. I can still remember the receipt yeah. and everything. And it was a 710. Mm-hmm. So it was only 20 inches wide. And I you know, I probably weighed 100 pounds. Yeah. And so uh, I had a glass on wood fin. It was really cool. Mm. If I had that board now, would be worth so much money. Yeah, it would. And so um, that just, you know, you, you just went and did what everybody did. Yeah. And you kind of picked out... You know, I'm sure it's the same thing in baseball or basketball, you go, man, that's the guy I want to emulate, yep. you know. So you had those guys, and I guess I liked, Billy, I liked uh, Mickey Dora's style, but he wasn't a nice guy. Right. Did you know Mickey Dora? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He used to come and surf the P.O.P. pier, uh-huh. which is, uh, was a right break in this pier situation in Venice. And um, But the guys I really liked were Jackie Baxter, who went to Venice High School, same high school as me, a couple uh-huh. years older. And then... Uh, um, it's my mind right now. Um, Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Really, really good surfer. Real stylish surfer. So I liked guys who were really, you know, edge surfing, good nose riders, but just had good style. And and there were... The other side was guys who were more jerky, and they were doing kind of, kind of over-performing, over I guess, sometimes, right. you know. Right. But that was just... Just how I I tried to emulate the smoother surfers, Phil Edwards, of course, yeah. was a great surfer. Right, right. So, um, most people tried, I think, to to look smooth and yeah. make it look effortless.
0: It feels good when you try to look cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it, it it's funny. People go, "You got a really good style." I go, "I just surf that way." Right. I guess you know, if you're if you were living in you grew up in Nashville,
0: yep. and
1: you know, and you wanted to become a musician, well. Then you're gonna you're gonna copy what style that country music is and what's going on. If you grew right. up in Harlem, you know you'd have a whole different thing. You'd be playing jazz. So right. you you'd, you you kind of emulate what's around you and right. you think it's cool. So
0: right. Can I ask a self indulgent question? <laughs> now that <laughs> sure. I have a, a shaping expert in the room, um, I surf a lot of different boards. Like okay. I jump around. Like I got this kind of six two fish my buddy dropped off last year that I'll I'll mess around on. I have a speed seed. Got my egg and I'll get on my 910 and I suck at all of them <laughs> but as a as an adult learner which I am about 10 years deep surfing would you recommend someone in my shoes to improve surfing stick to one style or one board one more board. or less to iron it out or I guess it, obviously it varies what wave you're surfing etc. Yeah. I'll go to Cayucas I'll go to 26 sometimes I'll do Capitola I'll do the lane, yeah. you know I don't know What's your take on that?
1: I would I would not limit yourself. I think if you're gonna go with one board, you might, you know, have it just right twenty, twenty five percent of the time, but all the rest of the time you could use something else to be more, you know, more profitable, more
0: right. appropriate
1: appropriate, more you get, you know, whether you're catching more waves or how you're surfing them, you gotta lay that out. A lot of right. times, I'll go to a place that isn't as crowded as other places, just because I know yep. it's going to be more of a nightmare trying to surf there, and yep. I might go down a notch or two as far as quality. Yep. But um, that's usually what I what I'll do.
0: I like Manresa for that purpose. Yeah,
1: exactly. I haven't gone down there in years, but I remember last time I surfed there. It, it can be uh, this year could be insane
0: because of the sandbars. Oh,
1: there's uh, there's a lot of sand moving already. I'll have to edit that yeah. part of
0: the podcast yeah. <laughs> out. <laughs> I might check it out today. I don't know. Yeah all right well that answers my question so you know i'm okay messing around with different boards then sounds like i wonder about that you think about i think about surfing way too much yeah it's amazing how it just invades your space and your mind what
1: i really would have liked to do with kind of my bucket list thing would be you know in a place like indo or someplace consistent where there's good surf and you know spend a year there have my planer, have some blanks, yeah. and just make different boards and, and try them out, you yeah. know, over and over again. And I've always done that wherever I've lived, <laughs> yeah. but it'd be kind of cool just to have no worries about having to make money and no worries about this or that, and you can just focus on R&D and, you know, cool. kind of right. do that thing. And that's basically how the whole surfboard uh, progression has really happened, you know, yeah. from the big kook box square rail boards right. and the invention of the fin and you know just all the way through um, first balsa wood. balsa wood was a big improvement and then of course polyurethane foam and um, things just you know people started experimenting with shorter shapes and then you know because we really didn't know nobody was a was a scientist nobody was a was somebody who knew I mean people you know sailed those people who were sailors sure. and that kind of thing but boats are different than surfboards right. and so people started you know experimenting and where we've come today i think it's a really great time when you can go find almost any kind of you can design and but not every kind of design in my estimation or my opinion has the same value mm. as other ones cuz we probably talked about this before some people are just copying boards from the late 60s and early 70s and the truth be told, there are terrible surfboards. They were just shorter so we could surf better than logs, mm. but they, they, they really lacked a lot. And I think what we see in the market now is a, is a real swing from extreme pendulum swings to something more moderate that works great for most surfers.
0: Do you have an inkling as to where surfboard design is going, uh, technology-wise? design wise um,
1: I don't think there's any new technologies as far as um, you know materials yeah if you look at what the pros use I think they're still using poly poly and um, you know still the thrusters some guys quads it all depends yeah um, but those guys are at a high level yeah and, and they're the one one millionth one percent of the best 30 guys in the world right so they're 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 kind of Different, um, but as far as technology, the best thing that has come out in the last 25 years is the CNC machine. Yeah. Because with that, I find you know a magic board, and then I go, okay, this one works good for me. Other people ride it, yeah, it works great, and then put that on yeah. on a computer shape and file, and then you can adjust all the dimensions for somebody, and or if a guy rides one of my boards. You know like this guy called up hey i was in mexico and i rode this carver i think he didn't know what it was at first and then yeah know, then he sent me a picture Oh, that's a carver he goes yeah i got to get one of those you know so and we just changed the dimensions a little bit and it's going to be just like his buddy's board right so it's not the guessing game when we were doing all hand shaping, there wouldn't be a magic board every once in a while I'd go whoa this one's really perfect but we didn't know how to make it exactly the same right know? and 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 that was one thing about hand shaping is, you know, I hand shape for different companies for Lightning Bolt, yeah, for Dick Brewer and Surfline Hawaii. And so my boards are real consistent, they sold well, you know, and good shapers could, you know, duplicate a board ninety five percent every time. Yeah. But when it's a hundred percent it's no. even better, you know. Yeah. And we've got more complicated bottoms now and stuff than, yeah. than back then it was pretty simple
0: are your bottom contours pretty consistent from model to model or do they vary
1: they vary um all my hard edge boards meaning hard edge in the tail yeah i usually have um a slight double barrel concave going through there the a slight v with concave on each side of the fin yeah and those yeah. seem to work real well in you know short board ways yeah mid lengths and stuff uh even my long boards performance line boards yeah. are like that. And then the logs are, you know, typical round, rounded, slightly rounded bottom soft rails. Yeah. And, you know, those those are the kind of boards you only go first and second gear. You're never going fast like a short board. And that's by design. Yeah, that's by design. Yeah, yeah because, you know, I've w- when you see the pro guys and they, you know, they can go out in one to two foot crap and yeah. just rip. Yeah. And I couldn't... I just, yeah. <laughs> you know they have that it's almost like those skaters you know the yeah. skateboard guys yeah. who just you go how can you do that yeah so they, they've learned where the energy is and how to get it out of a board yeah so um, but as I've told you before you know I don't make boards for any pro surfers or contest people in general nobody you know I'm not making boards for Waimea or right. Jaws or Mavericks um, right. I'm making boards for California mostly and Hawaii too but yeah yeah um, and I think the majority of the surfers just want to go out and have fun. And if you have a quiver, let's say a quiver of three boards, yeah, I think you're pretty set for yeah. most anything in California. You know, yeah. if you're an average surfer and you want to ride from thigh high to, or knee high even, you know, knee and ankle yeah. high, up to a couple of feet overhead, three boards are going to fit you just fine. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think three boards would be fine.
0: What's a three? What are, for the average surfer, three yeah. boards. What what boards oh, do you have in mind?
1: Um, it depends if someone's coming from a short board mm-hmm. aspect or right. a longboard aspect. Right. So if somebody's a longboarder, I would say, okay, if you want to learn to nose ride, you're pretty good at nose riding. Get a get a regular old nose rider, something like that. So my all around nose rider, and then get a long board with hard edges, mm-hmm. like an Easy Rider, and then get a mid length. Yeah mid-length for overhead surf, you know, an egg or something. Yeah, Those three boards are going to do you fine. If you're coming from the shortboard perspective, then you'd want a little fish. I have a 3, 4, 5 fish. would work really well. Um, you might even have, you know, a thruster, you know, just a contemporary yeah. Channel Islands or whatever yeah. board. And then uh, a mid-length kind of board for... <laughs> You know, right. Unless you want to get you know serious and you're riding you know Big Moss Landing or Big Scott Creek, right. you're getting a gun right. or a semi-gun. But just get an egg or like a Carver, and then you could ride well overhead surf and yeah. have a great time. So
0: yeah. So say for Oops. like a Ron, and you're good. And uh, and an easy rider, your easy rider model is a model you shaped for me. Is the first surfboard you shaped for me, um, and that is uh, that can handle some some good waves.
1: Yeah, that it? can ha- handle overhead surf. I used to ride a board like that the lane all the time when yeah. it was 8 to 10 foot. Yeah. And um, with a hard edge, it just, to me, it felt like it was a board that, how I'd surf the North Shore, just down to the bottom, off the bottom, you know, carving yeah. the type of surfing. And if you, and you make them a little narrower than a regular longboard, they work great. Yeah. So, you know, something that's between 22 and 23 inches wide for the easy rider, depending on yeah. the person's weight and everything yeah. is fine. Yeah. And that's what you see in the water mostly for longboarding.
0: I was seeing, speaking of the lane, I my buddy sent me a video last night of okay. um, indicators in the lane, and the guy who had the best damn wave looked like he was on that, um, you can see him a mile away, the Surf Tech Takayama uh, in the pinks.
1: Oh, okay. You know,
0: and I yeah. have a buddy, uh, my buddy Alex of Oroko. he raves about that board too. He said, that's a gem if you ever get your hands on one. I freaking love that board. But yeah. Short shortboarders were there doing their thing. You know, those rides just did it the 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 wave of the day came out the back and it was on one of those longboards and the yeah. guy was just freaking humming down the line, almost got covered up, you know, back swooped back yeah, around. Yeah. It it's, an arms, board. R- it's an arms. It's an arms race out there too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I it know. seems like foam is your friend when it comes to these crowded lineups.
1: It is and the lane has that big playing field, you know. Yeah. So I I'd ride eggs out there again, you know, back in the uh, the nineties and or even even shorter boards mm. when I was a lot stronger. But, you know, when it's bigger and, you know, I had like eight, six to nine foot kind of performance long boards, a little narrower nose and stuff, mm-hmm. not a nose rider at all. But, you know, get in early and just get yeah. sweeping turns and cutbacks yeah. and then for indicator, go all the way through. And so I get th- think with the lane, there's no. Um, uh, rule of thumb that you have to ride a certain kind of board. Of obviously, the short boarders ride short boards, and yeah. long boarders ride long boards. And then there's everybody else in between doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. and it it it's gotten you know obviously really crowded. Really crowded. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's dangerously crowded. It is. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it is. is. So it's a bunch of newbies like me out there in the water.
1: Maybe I don't know. I mean, he, you know, I, I'm sure you're not one of those guys who just kind of naive, just paddles into the pack and thinks everything's going to be fine. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. Certainly not. Uh, <laughs>
0: etiquette lacks. And it's not its not the ability of the surfers out there anymore. It's the... Um, I don't know if it's self-entitlement or maybe it's just ignorance. But just going and just... Nothing's better than... I was, I was surfing um, at Sharks uh, last month. And it okay. was good. It was fun. And I just got in a beautiful rotation. And there was a couple guys on stand-up paddles where you're like, oh, shit, here they come. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they were you know the guy nodded this one's yours cool and I, I remember paddling back and saying that's great we're all in a rotation now you yeah, know and yeah and this other surfer kind of nodded no like, that's that's because it's the the a most longer waves. ride
1: and then you know it's a while before you get back it's it, at the lane there's always usually one more guy who's waiting for the next one you yeah know? yeah and until it, if it i always liked it when it was pretty good size we call it the big broom would come through and just sweep everybody yeah, away you sure. know and then they bob around and come back if you're fortunate enough not be paddled back out or not and then you go okay now the next five minutes we're going to get some waves yeah so let me ask you a technical
0: question about yeah. rocker. i hear staged rocker and i hear continuous rocker what's the difference
1: well you you asked a question before that yeah. you know and kind of going back to it what's going on now with board design they have these edge boards and um, I've not ridden one people talk about them in a, in a pretty good light um, some of them people ride with no fins wow. and, and they do a lot of spinning around there's some young surfers who just kill it on those things Insane. They, they're, they're doing really strange and, but really cool stuff Yeah. and then smaller fin setups and it's almost like um, a lot of things can work because you're using smaller fins and some have 2 plus 1 and we've glassed some here at the shop and so th- those are different yeah you know th- that's a whole
0: and the edge design I've seen with Andrini yeah he makes that them. so yeah. I- I- it's hard to articulate I guess just verbally but I don't know would you articulate what an edge board is
1: well you kind of got to see them there's right. there's a there's a rail there's a rail that's been lifted if you're if you're looking from the deck, it's been lifted off the bottom a bit and has a concave and there's yeah. an edge there and there's also an edge. So there's an edge at the end of your board and there's yeah. an edge about two to three inches in depending how they make it right. with another little edge. And then the the fin situation is usually on the V part of the board or the flatter part of the board. And um, again, I've not ridden one so I can't speak authoritatively yeah. on that. But I think that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um, would... You know would you want to have that be your everyday board i don't know yeah you know, like i said i've never tried one um but they seem to be a few of them sell- selling yeah. and you know there's always for a lot of people there's always one more board for their quiver you're, you're you know telling <laughs> me. i'm at the point where i need to get rid of some yeah. yeah so you know back to the rocker thing yeah um all of the all all of the design the outline the foil of the board meaning how the foam is distributed from the middle to the ends, both on from rail to rail and nose to tail. Yes. How that all goes is key. But I think rocker is really, really important. Um and the shortboard, the contemporary shortboard, if you go into a surf shop, you look at all the brands and they're almost exactly the same, you know. There's wider <laughs> ones and narrower ones, but they've really figured that thruster out, or even the quad, they figured it out, yeah. where the fins go, where <laughs> the rocker is. The fin placement. Yeah, and so when you get to long boards and mid-lengths, um, I think the rocker is really important. Um, and again, what kind of waves you're going to ride. Mm-hmm. So for instance, the Ron, you have the Ron I ride. Very little nose rocker, you know, it has nose rocker, but very little so it glides, goes fast, can go fast on the nose, and then mostly kicks in the tail. and Most boards aren't like that. Most boards have most kick in the nose and not as much in the tail because you're riding a log, you're not getting a steep takeoff, usually taking off on pretty mushy waves. And even if you get a shoulder high wave, you're into it early enough where you can set up the turn and do all that. So I've always looked at at rocker and and it all really started to change when we went to thrusters and got off single fins because usually... The single fins were pretty rockerless. They had rocker in the tail, but not much. And the nose was flipped up. And so when the thrusters came out, I think people started thinking more and more about how that overall rocker in the bottom is placed. And I always like it where my chest is a little less rocker throughout. In other words, an elliptical yep. rocker that's kind of the same the whole way. Some boards tend to have that more like than a, others. Lack of a better term, like a banana. Yeah, idea. Well, like a banana idea exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't like those at all. So my boards are kind of less in the middle, more in the nose and tail. Yeah. And depending on you know what you come and buy from me, um, they're all a little bit different. Yeah. But I have the same philosophy on under your torso, flatter, a flatter rocker, so you can paddle faster where you stand up what I call the cockpit where you stand up there that's where the rocker's under your feet that goes off the tail and that's where you can get the maneuverability mm. and then I try to keep it as minimal as possible without making a board too flat that you purl all the time right. so if you've got back in the 90s they were doing these super thin super kicked up noses and it was just an aesthetic thing it was kind of a yeah. you know I, I, don't, I didn't like it at all yeah. it was way over rock. the blanks were just really strange so I had to get blanks that were, you know, tuned in or dropped right. in the nose, and I always put my own rocker in my blanks, because somebody like Jerry Lopez or somebody like Pat Ross or somebody like Rennie Yader will make a blank yeah. with what they make their natural rocker, and then we can choose as shapers where to take the rocker in and out, add, subtract, that kind yeah. of thing. So even when I was hand shaping, I was doing all that, and so... Um, yeah it's 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 a really important part it's pretty technical yeah but i think that that the most beautiful boards to me seem to work the best in other words there's just an aesthetic about a board that that really looks nice and you know i can look at a board and tell you how it's going to ride and so i mean i always liked <clears throat> Takayama's boards. I already like Rich Harbor's boards. There was certain mm. longboard guys that looked at their boards a while. Wow, Yaters boards. They go, they're you know these guys are really really good shapers, right. and their boards are a- aesthetic, right. and so I think that's that's one factor, mm. and and the average the average you know surfer because they don't look at surfboards all the time or, or build them or shape them. They're not real knowledgeable, you can go online and get information and people talk and it almost gets too confusing, yeah. you know yeah. so if people come in for a board i I usually show them why and how I build a board yeah and um and then they have somewhat of an idea, okay, this is what Michelle does right, and this is how his boards work, and they get to ride one right. so
0: so then is staged and continuous are those marketing terms or uh is that, um are those?
1: i I don't use those yeah. terms okay. I think. Um it, it's 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 funny. Uh I have a friend uh used to work at Billabong. Mm-hmm. And in the Billabong you know, warehouse where they have all of the 30 foot high, you know, uh boxes packed to the ceiling full of product that's going to go out. And in the middle of it they had this chain link fence probably 50 by 50 by 50 this big square thing with a lock on it and there were all these old boards that were being collected and and stuff and you just go in there and you go wow look at the diversity look at all this stuff going on here and you know a lot of them were just dogs and other ones they go wow there's a really cool looking one you know so to the, the the average surfer and this isn't a put down the average surfer they they know their surfboards they like their surfboards they know their surfboards but they, technically, they don't know why, usually, right. that the board is shaped like that. Right. They just know they can go ride it. Right. You know, and it's just like the musician. They don't, you know, most piano players, uh, they understand their instrument, but right. they're, not, they're not technically... Yeah, as to why it feels. To good. Why it feels good, or you know, yeah, or why, yeah, why one piano is better than another, da da da, or one our violin,
0: bra- or I trip out on how our brains, and how us as humans, if I throw this pen at you, you'll just, you could look me in the eye and just probably, likely snatch it out of the air. <laughs> yeah, like how you're so well calibrated to to do that, right? I mean, for all the algorithms and AI out there, and it's yeah. getting better or worse depending on your perspective. <laughs> right. We're still really sophisticated in that regard, yeah. and to your point, the aesthetic of a board can tell you how well it's going to work, and then you hear about people I, I interviewed a, a gentleman um, in Taylor, he has a website called Surf Survival, it's a, it's a cool game you play for following WSL but he oh. says, you know, I don't really look at dimensions, I just pick the board up and if it feels, you know, I just have a feel Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. goes by feel, and I get that, that's th- that, interesting. Th-
1: no, that's another aspect too, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I always tell people, put it under your arm, you know, how's that feel, you know, there's a feel to it if you're a beginner, you just go, well, that's a feel. I don't know what that... Is. But, you know, if you've been yeah. surfing a while, and, and a lot of surfers will, you know, grab the board, and they'll put it under their arm, you know, look at it. Um, most people don't know how to even look at a surfboard, you know, mm-hmm. how all the curves fit in and everything, because I'm looking at them co- constantly when I'm shaping them. Um, but there, there is a there is a feel to it. And if you get a board you really like, you know, when you're about to throw your wetsuit on or put your trunks on and go surfing you know you're jazzed because you know how this thing already works confidence yeah confidence and you're walking down with it and then you, yep. if you had a good session you're smiling the way back if you've got a board that is you know giving you some trouble yep. you know the first thing you should do probably is sell it yep. and try to get another one I remember this one uh, time at sunset and it was just a typical winter day which meant the north shore was breaking it was big and good and I got out of the water, and I was walking by on the beach. And <clears throat>, Reno Abalero, famous yeah. surfer, <clears throat> was looking at a board, and he, the, the look on his face was, you know, this didn't work right. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. You know, back to the drawing board, kind of a thing. And that's what we all were doing. You know, there was it was still we were still finding out what made boards work and uh, and he was a great surfer probably still is um but that i guess aspect of surfing is probably pretty much over because everything's done on a cnc machine now
0: yeah
1: <clears throat> nobody's we talked about an edge board or some other kind of board you know those are kind of novelty boards it's not the thing that you know right in 2024 everybody's going to have an edge board right you know it's just it's we we've been at it so long now, and it's become so refined that um, you know once you find a shaper that you like, yeah. or you might ride different shapers. That's fine, yeah. you know? You might try new stuff, you try your buddy's board, yeah. man, not so much, wow, that's really good, you know? And so I yeah. think that's how a lot of customers come to me or come to other shapers, they'll ride a board that their f- friends have or somebody has. And, and it's feel,
0: right? I, for <coughs> totally. instance, I, I referenced this Baja trip. I took your speed seat down there, and for whatever reason, probably it's the Indian, not the Arrow, as they say, I could not, for some reason, just, I've had so many good waves at the hook on that thing. Okay. Uh, Waddell, I've had some good ones. Cannot just get it going, and it just and then you get in your head about it. Where were you we surfing? Shipwreck in, uh, in Baja, yeah, South Baja.
1: Yeah, I've never been all the way down. To
0: the it's like the it. Hook, uh, okay. maybe a little faster. I think okay. You need, but But my buddy had a lost kind of a fun board six eight, crowd killer, and it's the ugliest shape. But crowd you know, <laughs> killer. You know, I, you know, I love your board, so you'll yeah. take You, you know, you're, pro, yeah. you're taking the spirits of which intended. Sure. It felt better. Immediately. Yeah. And I don't know why or how. Maybe, I don't, I don't know why. I, what would you guess? Well, was it more volume? Less. It was less volume. Oh. And I wonder if the rails were maybe a little more chined. It was a little thinner. I don't know.
1: Uh, a thinner board you know if if you got if you get speed up on the first turn yeah that's you my know, issue yeah that that's you know once you get that first turn you're up at a certain speed a certain gear yeah and then usually if it's a lined up wave you, everything connects yeah if you're a little boggy on the first turn like you know riding sharks or something it's yeah. gone you it's know, gone way, it's gone you watch you gotta handle it, go. it. Yeah. yeah so um but that's i think that's the cool thing about riding different boards yes. and having different boards yes especially on surf trips, then you can go, okay, this next time I'll come down with this because yeah, this worked it. really well.
0: It's a cool thing. It's yeah. the expensive part of surfing, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gosh darn it. I've had you for an hour. This oh, is awesome. wow. Time flies. Um, I know you're, you're a busy man. Uh, you answered... My buddy uh, Jason, who's been on the pod, wanted me to ask you, and I think yeah. you answer this. Have you wrote a board you like better than your own and changed your philosophy on shaping? I imagine... If this occurred, it would have occurred earlier in your shape and career, or maybe it occurred later.
1: Yeah, um, it. You know what's? It's really weird. I'm. This might sound like you know I only ride my own boards because yeah. I shape my own boards and I know what I want. Yeah, and that's kind of it. Um, I can't remember the last time. You know, I do ride the old logs and the log contests and stuff like that, and I have a good yater spoon and. It works well, you know. There's some real dogs from back then. Yeah. But um, I guess because my and I'll I'll trade off once in the wall in the water for somebody, you know. But I can't remember anything that if going whoa, this is brand new to me or this is something really cool. um, I probably should do more more than that. Actually, in um, I think the last board I rode seriously was. in the present I wrote um, I I wrote a board that I didn't shape was Alec No Alex, Alex Nose board. And the reason it was weird because I US blanks came out with a new blank and I shaped a board really quick to put it on the plane and go. Yes. And I'd never ridden it before. Yes. And it didn't work well. What board was that? It was a 9-6 or something. This is what you brought to... So was it South Africa? Yeah, uh, West Africa. West Africa. Yeah. Cabo Verde Islands. Yeah, so it didn't work well at all. And so um, I was either riding my short board or that, his board, because I could surf it better than my board. So yeah. I, I had the the blank was too thick in the front i think that was the problem and i shaped like i always shaped it but it didn't come out right it was a new blank so i i should have just gone with the what you knew what i knew yeah yeah so that was the last time i I experienced something like that and it, it worked great i loved that board and i surfed it well yeah the
0: present uh for listeners to i don't know where you can find it but it's a hell of a surf movie
1: yeah, there, he only made uh, uh, initial, you know, edition run, yeah. and um, I think you can go and see it in three stages. Yeah, on YouTube you can. But That's it, why it's I last not. But it. not all of it's there. Yeah, it's the presence. Thomas
0: Campbell's film, and I, when was it filmed, Michelle? Two thousand and seven. Right. Cool. Quite a while. Ago. And you have a part. It's West Africa, where it's like howling offshore. Offshore. Yeah. And what are you surfing? And that's, that's
1: a 7.0 uh, single fin.
0: Is that your board or is that Alex? Knows? No, that's
1: my board. Cool. Yeah, th- He was riding a twin fin and he w- he was a little undergunned. Mm-hmm. Tw- it was a wide twin fin. Mm-hmm. Dave Rostovich was riding, I think, a, a twin fin or a quad, mm-hmm. but he can ride a door. He so, Al- do yeah, right.
0: Alex knows. You could probably ride a door, too, I bet. Yeah. Michelle, uh, Dave Rostovich uh any other surfers come to mind that um are featured in that those uh, are the three primary the,
1: the guy uh, guy i can't remember his name now um he see- was some australian he was riding yeah. the um the wood the wood boards okay the Elias. Elias. yeah he was riding Elias. anyway
0: if you want to see michelle surf check out the present on youtube that was the last time i, I saw it and i'm sure thomas yeah did. do you get any royalties from any spins on uh on YouTube? No,
1: no <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't know what, what he gets from that. Yeah, yeah no, cool. it's, it's all his film. It's a but,
0: beautiful movie, yeah. and you'll see how good of a surfer Michelle is. So that answers my question. I have another one too from a regular at Capitola, my buddy Rick. He asks how to surf. How do you surf more like Christian? And Christian, I think you know, right? Of course, we're good friends. <laughs> Which is a bigger question. And Christian is a regular at Capitola. And I watch him surf, and he surfs so simply and elegantly, and he chooses the shin-high wave just off the jetty and just flies and looks so cool. And he's, by the way, one of the nicest dudes. He's He'll always look current. at you and say, yeah. go ahead, take this wave. Yeah. So in a bigger question. He's Mr.
1: Generous, for
0: yeah, sure. How do you surf like a good, how do you longboard well? I mean, what's what's advice you'd give to someone, then, to surf well, more like Christian, he's a smooth he, longboarder? He's a
1: small kid. Or, I call him a kid because <laughs> he looks young, and he's 41. And yeah. He, uh, he's a small guy, and so I've built him boards that are smaller than other people's, you know, would typically ride. And therefore, that's what's so important about a custom board. You know, I have customers that are two forty, you know, and he's probably one thirty. So, you know, you got to make the right volume board, the yeah. right length. And he's a he he loves longboard, old school styling surfing. He really yeah. likes midget Farley. He's one of his favorite surfers. And so he has smooth turns, walks to the nose. Yeah, he's, he's really a great surfer. And so if you want to emulate somebody like him, that's fine. Yeah, mm. that, that's, you know, um, I think that smaller surfers, um, for some reason, in in the pro thing, too, there's yeah. big surfers that are really sure. great. You know, Pete Mel is fantastic, yeah. a fantastic surfer, great big guy. Yeah. But most of the little guys, the guys who run, win the world championships are little guys, you know. They are. And um, they're more like acrobats now, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of a thing. But, um, you know, when I was growing up, everybody was riding longboards. It, that was just a style. And if you were pretty good at it, you could, you know, walk the nose, hang ten, hang five, do the cutbacks and the whole thing. And um, Christian just really has that whole thing. He, he aesthetically likes that kind of surfing. It's made for him. Yeah. Um, I have... Uh, I have loaned him my egg before yeah. and he did pretty well i yeah. mean he's not used to a hard edge tail board huh. and he went out and caught some pretty big waves at privates you know yeah. but he's the guy who will take the small waves yeah he'll just if the little ones come he'll turn around and go on oh, yeah everybody else is still waiting he just know? he
0: sits low and way out on yeah. the shoulder and just knows which
1: or way yeah. inside rather and just yeah. knows which ones to turn on so i always tease him i try to pull him out come on out here farther if yeah. we're riding privates or something yeah so um cool. But yeah, he, he surfs, he probably surfs more than anybody in Capitola. Yeah. You know, he didn't surf during the rains, but he, yes. he surfs, tries to surf every day. He's
0: got something figured out in yeah. life. Good for him. Exactly. I'm going to let him know we talked about him on the pod. <laughs> I just know him in passing, honestly, like, good morning. How you doing? Nice to see you. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. But I'll, I'll let him know, uh, I'll let him know we spoke. Well, okay. So you're moving your shot in summary. You're leaving Santa Cruz for good. For the most part, your daughter still lives here.
1: My daughter lives here. I That's have a whole nice. bunch of good friends here. Um, You know, that's still happening, and I will be back, like I say, probably every two to three months delivering boards. So you can still, you know, get boards uh, from me. I have the same phone number. I just have it on a cell phone now. Great. And um, the same website and everything, same email. So I can be contacted and... um, I'm still building boards. Right
0: on. You have yeah. a lot of fun shapes on your website. I'm glad to hear you're still shaping and still doing it.
1: Yeah, I was going to meet with a guy named Brad who was going to do some video of me and different stuff and redo my whole website, yep. but he is still in Costa Rica. I think he might getting, be getting back tomorrow. So I'll be coming back, I think, in March, and we're going to then really you know, sit down and go through it and spend a day just Good. filming and getting it redone. It's a pretty and, website. Yeah. I... It, it, it's old and funky, and it's going to be. I'm going to d- describe each and every uh, model in the shaping room and show you why it is what it is. And oh, I so can't that wait. people won't have to, you know, kind of guess. And I think I can. I can articulate what this board is like, what kind of waves, and if you'll like it or not, just by you know sharing what what huh. it does. So when
0: I'm eating a bowl of honey nut Cheerios while the family's asleep before I go to bed at 9:45 <laughs> p.m., I'll certainly watch every single one of those, probably five times each. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, brother. Yeah, right <laughs> That's on. Pretty cool. God bless you, Michelle. You're a good man. Thank and, you. Uh, you too, thanks for your time today. All right. That's it. Surfboards by Michelle Juneau.com. Check that website out in March, maybe April. He'll have a refresh on the website. And, uh, God, along with Craigslist, I've wasted a lot of time. I wouldn't say wasted. I've invested a lot of time reading about Michelle's boards on his website. And uh, he's always a good Craigslist scroll, as as you know, too. Search Juno and Craigslist to see what uh, used gear is out there. Anyway, that's the Midlife Surfer podcast. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Manage that board with integrity when you finish your ride. Check out his shapes. Beautiful long board shaper. He makes a pretty fish. He makes pretty mid lengths. He makes user-friendly boards. He's put a lot of smiles on the faces of surfers for, I don't know, three, four decades. Freaking humming down the line. Almost got covered up, you know, back swoop back around. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, Surfboards by Michelle junot.com Stub City Bitch. You're so well calibrated to do that. Yeah, buddy. Kicking out of a wave, man. Surf with integrity.